Okay, good morning. Today's AP Bio podcast is on Chapter 10, Meiosis and Sexual Reproduction. Um, Chapter 9 was about uh, mitosis and generalized cell division, uh, which occurs in somatic cells. And mitosis, as you recall, would occur in um, skin cells, um, muscle cells, uh, cells that need repair or damaged or during growth. If you're young and you're growing, or even now you still grow, those cells are going to divide by mitosis. But and they would produce identical, identical daughter cells. When you look at meiosis, um, the first thing you should think of is that meiosis occurs for an entirely uh, different reason. And there are two main reasons why meiosis occurs. And the first is to reduce the chromosome number. So remember you have 46 chromosomes in each of your uh, somatic cells and actually 46 chromosomes in what are called primary oocytes and primary spermatocytes, which will make sperm and egg. Um, and so the first function or the first reason that meiosis needs to occur is that you need to get the chromosome number reduced to the haploid number. So you're going from the diploid of 46 to the haploid of 23. The second reason you need meiosis to occur is you've got to get some genetic variation. Mitosis, the daughter cells were exactly the same as the parent, but in meiosis, they're going to be completely different. And they're going to have obviously some of the same genes, but there's going to be so much variety. And that's how you get different the, the way people look, they're so different because of different genes and the shuffle up of genetic material that occurs during meiosis. Okay, so, so we're looking today at meiosis and how do we, one, reduce the chromosome number, and two, then uh, get some genetic variation. So the first thing we'll talk about is chromosome number. Um, in mitosis, chapter 9, we didn't really talk about what are called homologous chromosomes. And so we know we have 46 chromosomes, but those chromosomes occur in pairs. And those pairs of chromosomes are called homologous chromosomes, and there's 23 pairs of chromosomes. And I call those homochromos just a short and abbreviation, but the, word, uh, the two words that describe them are homologous chromosomes. And homologous chromosomes are chromosomes that have genes for the same trait on them. And so one, uh, pair, one, one member of the homochromo may have a dominant gene for eye color. The other chromosome that's its pair might have the, the recessive gene for eye color. And so they contain the same genes, but, but they're not identical because some of the genes might be dominant and some might be recessive. And so of our 23 pairs of homologous chromosomes, the first 22 are called autosomes. And autosomes, my ninth graders say autosomes are just regular chromosomes. Well, they're chromosomes that contain genes on them for things like eye color, hair color, skin color. The last pair of chromosomes are called sex chromosomes, and those chromosomes determine your gender. And so... Uh, in a male, you probably learned way back before ninth grade that a male, the 23rd pair of chromosomes, he has an X and a Y, and the female has an X and an X. And so once we shuffle up the uh, DNA and we split up the DNA through meiosis, you're going to get either an X or a Y from the male, and the female can actually only give you an X. So um, we'll talk a little bit more about that later. But chromosome uh, separation is what we're talking about now. And so we're talking about homologous chromosomes. So during meiosis, the first thing that happens is that um, homologous chromosomes find each other. And so they kind of hook up real closely together and form what's called a tetrad. And then those tetrads in metaphase line up in the middle of the cell, just like and metaphase of mitosis. Metaphase always means that we're lining chromosomes of some type in the middle of the cell or near the equator. And so the homochromos line up in what you might say is double file. And the first division of meiosis, those homochromos uh, split apart. 
And so right now you go from this first division, we went from 46 to 23. So we start with 43 X's. Again, think of them maybe as in a double file line, and those X's are separated into two new cells. So now we have two new cells that have 23 chromosomes, but those 23 chromosomes are made up of identical sister chromatids. And so there's a way then, there's a way then that we can split those up, which is called meiosis two. So meiosis two, the 23 sister chromatids, uh, actually be 20, it, it'd be actually 46 chromatids, let's not get into numbers, but 23 chromosomes, each consisting of an identical sister chromatid. We're gonna line up those X's and pull those apart, just like mitosis. And so, what we end up with is we have two divisions, we actually have four new cells, and those four new cells have only 23 chromosomes, and they're single-stranded chromosomes, they're not X's, which they should be. And so we're making sperm rigs, so that 23 chromosomes in sperm would be ideal to um, meet up with a, an egg that has 23 chromosomes to create a, an embryo. And so meiosis, there are two divisions. And in those two divisions, we reduce the chromosome number, which is the main goal. Reduce the chromosome number. That's one of the goals. So we have homochromos that will line up first, which are pairs of chromos. They'll be looking like Xs. They split apart, leaving us two cells with 23 Xs, or double-stranded chromosomes. And then in meiosis 2, meiosis 2, those sister chromatids will all pull apart, and we'll still have 23, but they'll be single stranded chromosomes. So that the first part of meiosis, that's how you get down to 23 with the process. And I skipped, you know, anaphase and telophase and prophase. I didn't go over those right now because the general idea is that the cell splits. And for right now, if you know how that occurs, you're okay. The second goal of meiosis is to understand how you get genetic variation. And so basically there's three ways in which you get genetic variation in the process of meiosis. And the first way that you get variation is simply by how the chromosomes line up. And so we did a lab in class where we took um, chromosomes, we made some beads of uh, red chromosomes and yellow chromosomes, and we made some small chromosomes and some big chromosomes. And, and what we did was we lined up um, the red with the yellow, and then another red and a yellow, a, a smaller pair. And we started pulling those apart on the table. And when you pull those apart, you can see how they can sort into different cells, and then you do the second meiosis break. And so what we looked at in crossing over was, what if you take those pairs of chromosomes and you flip-flop them and put the yellow on the side where the red was or the red on the side where the yellow was? And what happens when you go through the process, you get different cells, you get variation, genetic variation, another goal of meiosis. So one way to get genetic variation is through something called the independent assortment of chromosomes. And what that really means is that chromosomes are going to sort out or shuffle out independently of one another. And so if you look on page 170, there's a good picture of independent assortment if you need a refresher on that. And I also have a slide on that. Independent assortment is a little bit hard to understand, but when you do that lab with those chromosomes in front of you, it really makes it easy to see. The second source of variation is called crossing over. Crossing over is also extremely important for a couple reasons. Not only does it give you variation, but it's also a way that some chromosome mutations could occur. So let's first of all talk about the variation. Crossing over occurs during prophase one of meiosis. And crossing over is when um, these homochromos meet up with each other and they form a tight association with each other called a, a synapsis or they call it a, forming a tetrad. And what happens is 
non-identical sister chromatids exchange genetic pieces or exchange parts of their chromosomes. So it's called crossing over because the one piece of the chromosome crosses over to another chromosome and vice versa. And what you get there is, and again, we did this with those beads as well. We took a little chunk of yellow and flip-flopped it with a little chunk of red. And you can see that this process of exchanging genes also gives you a plethora of genetic combinations, which is increase in genetic diversity. And so the last um, source of genetic variation in meiosis is called random fertilization. Random fertilization is basically just saying that, hey, in a male, you have crossing over occurring, you have random fertil uh, you have an independent assortment, you have more than probably 10 million combinations of sperm, and, and he meets up with a, a gal, and someday they get married, and this gal has the same thing. She has over 10 million combinations of different eggs. So depending on which of his sperm inseminates which of her egg, uh, it's, it, it's kind of a crapshoot. So it's called random, uh, random fertilization. And which egg will be, well, we know there's only one egg a month, but which sperm will hit that egg, you never know. And so the idea is you get a lot of variation through meiosis because the chromosomes line up independent of one another. Chromosomes also cross over. That's the second reason. And third, you have random fertilization. And so that, that wraps up the process of meiosis. And then at the end of the chapter, there's a section about chromosome disorders. Chromosome disorders occur in children, um, you know, some of them on uh, a, a mo much more frequent basis than others. But these are chromosome disorders usually have a profound effect on the individual if they have that. And, and people always want to know about chromosome disorders and what causes them and so forth. So basically, you have two kinds of chromosome disorders. The first one we'll call um, non-disjunctions. Non-disjunctions are when chromosomes fail to separate during meiosis. And so non-disjunctions occur um, during anaphase because anaphase chromosomes are supposed to come apart. Now, whether it's meiosis 1 and their homochromos or whether it's meiosis 2 and their chromatids, it doesn't really matter because uh, non-disjunctions can occur at either at either site, uh, meiosis 1 or meiosis 2, and that's an anaphase. Remember, anaphase, they're supposed to come apart. And so what you're left with in non-disjunctions is you're left with cells with too many chromosomes, and the most telltale case of, of uh, non-disjunction is, is Down syndrome. And we talked about Down syndrome in class. I think this weekend there's a case of Down syndrome on the computer you're looking at. But um, Down syndrome is a trisomy, meaning tri, meaning three. You have three chromosomes. At a pair of homologous chromosomes, you're only supposed to have two, but trisomy means you have three there, and it's on trisomy 21 for Down syndrome, and there's some other ones in your book you can read over um, that, are, that are severe. Uh, severe Down syndrome children we talked about in class, they, they can live, um, they typically don't live as long as a, a person who doesn't have Down syndrome. They have some different characteristics, sometimes intellectual and um, developmental, um, uh, uh, developmental disorders, but... Um, we talked about that in class. And then there are also what are called monosomies. Monosomies are when, when a person might get one less chromosome. So this is when chromosomes are not coming apart. Um, Non-disjunction, it's called, because the chromosomes are supposed to come apart. Now, what is interesting is that when you have non-disjunctions in the 23rd pair, those sex chromosomes, usually um, they're not typically as harmful as the ones that occur in the autosomes. And so what you have when you have non-disjunctions in these sex chromosomes, you have uh, things like Klinefelter syndrome, where a person is male because they have a Y chromosome, but they have two X chromosomes, or Jacob's syndrome, which is their one X and two Ys. And so it's hard to tell sometimes which parent would, quote-unquote, cause this effect, because remember, the female 
gives uh, only can give a an X to the baby because she only has two X's at that twenty third pair, and a male can give an X or a Y, and sometimes it's difficult to tell which gender would be responsible for the the situation. But those are non disjunctions of sex chromosomes. And a couple of those I think you're looking at this week as well. And then the last, uh, the second or the last type of chromosome disorder, we'll call it, is when you have things like deletions, inversions, or translocations. So I think I just call those chromosome disorders instead of calling them non-disjunctions because non-disjunction means not coming apart. These are chromosome disorders where chromosomes might be missing pieces or have additional pieces. And, and one of those we talked about in class, I think, in, in your weekend, you're going to do a little assignment on Creedy chat syndrome, which is a deletion of part of the number fifth chromosome. And so those chromosome deletions um, occur sometimes during prophase when DNA is swapping pieces uh, during crossing over. And sometimes they occur during the synthesis phase. It's, it's hard to tell uh, when they occur, and sometimes they just occur spontaneously throughout the meiosis process. But a chromosome disorder of a deletion would not necessarily happen during anaphase. Non-disjunctions. This is the third or fourth time. Hint, hint. I've talked about non-disjunctions. They occur during anaphase because anaphase, the chromosomes are pulling apart. But deletions can occur, I would say, almost anywhere, but maybe ideally uh, during prophase one when crossing over occurs. And then there's something called a translocation, which is also a chromosome disorder. This one's a good one because uh, this is where parts of one chromosome, I think it's parts of chromosome 9 and parts of chromosome 22, they exchange places, and that's not a good thing. If chromosome 9 is to cross over, it should cross over with a, a non-sister chromatid of pair 9, and the same with 22. But if they switch chromosome, complete number chromosomes, you, you could have a problem there. And that problem actually is called uh, myeloid leukemia. That's a type of leukemia that's caused by a chromosome translocation. Trans meaning across and location meaning location. So you're moving a location from 9 to 22 and from chromosome 22 to chromosome 9. And that leaves you with what's called a Philadelphia chromosome. So when they diagnose leukemia, uh, this myeloid leukemia, they look at a patient's cells or serum and they look for really, really short chromosomes, which are called Philadelphia chromosomes, and that's how they can identify that. Okay, so this is uh, chapter 10. It is meiosis. Look for ways you reduce the chromosome number, uh, understand how you get genetic variation, and understand about how some disorders can occur in the process. Thank you, and you guys have a good weekend. Quiz is Tuesday and Wednesday this week coming up.